Hello, friends. You have found your way back to us right here at the Rock Paper Bitcoin Podcast. It's me, your best friend, Business Cat. Hello. I missed you. Welcome back. This week, Fundamentals and I, we, uh, we checked in on his discussion with his school and the headmaster. We had some discussions about what we're optimistic about in the future. And we finished by talking about some issues that uh, we see in the Lightning Network. Custodial versus non-custodial. If you like our content and would like to support the show, listen to it using any podcasting 2.0 enabled app, and you can stream us sats while you listen. You can also uh, drop us a boostagram with some sats and a message. We'd love to hear from you. If you're a Bitcoin miner and you're feeling particularly generous, you can slice off just a little bit of that hash power and send it to us using any Lincoln Stratum address with our show's username, Rock Paper Bitcoin. Connection details are in the show notes. And finally, my dear, dear listener, thank you for listening. It means the world to us that you're here. You see us as we are, warts and all. Let's get into it. All right. Good morning. Good morning, man. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Pretty good. It is very cold outside. It's the, the coldest oh, morning yeah. we've had this, this season yet, but it's gorgeous. It I'm loving it. Like I, um, I go outside and I do my studying and my reading. And this morning, like, it was hard to keep my hands from freezing after, like, a couple minutes. <laughs> you know, like, my writing hand. It's like, it was below <laughs> freezing here last night. And, yeah, there's a nice a nice uh, frosting on the grass outside. It's good for you. Cold cold is good for you if you live up here. It helps you, you know, you, I'm t- get into that. But, like, you, cold's good for you. Yeah, my wife and I have been discussing – do you know Wim Hof? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, so – so, so right now our hot water heater's busted. So we're kind of being forced into <laughs> the Wim Hof technique of you know just adapting and thriving. Um, so yeah, uh, Monday morning we have a plumber coming, lo- local Bitcoin plumber. I is, I just have to say like I, having a local plumber that wants Bitcoin is like the greatest feeling ever because I mean he we're oh talking God, on Telegram. Yeah. He messaged me. We had a back and forth talking about this thing, and I was like, well, I I don't know what's wrong, but this is wrong. Like it's not like it got really hot and now it's not hot at all. And so he talked like, oh, yeah, you don't need a new hot water heater. You need it's like it's probably like a twenty five dollar component. Like that's awesome to have you as a man. <laughs> How long ago were we talking about like, OK, now we need a plumber in this uh, in the in the Bitcoin meetup. <laughs> right. Yes. You, I heard you explicitly say that. And you know, it's funny. He's not just local to you. He's local to me, too. He grew up in my town, town I live in. Mm -hmm. And he has done plumbing work for people I know, (laughs) which is pretty funny. It's a next level craftsman. I I really enjoyed that South Park episode about the uh, all the handymen. Like nobody knows how to do shit anymore, so all the handymen just keep getting richer and richer. Totally, it's like having access to a handyman who will return your texts within like minutes. Is yeah, oh yeah, that's a, a resource that I think only Bitcoiners are going to continue to have access to. Dude, I love talking to um, like hand, the, the handy people I end up using and just telling them like, you guys know, you guys are the last, you guys are the last of the breed, right? Like the whole world's going to be begging you to, you know, for your services. May, may my child marry your daughter, please, sir. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> plumbing, man, no one's going to really, I mean, if you haven't spent your life learning about plumbing, you're you're on the trust model, you know. Yeah, true. I I've talked about my pool, right? Like I'm on the trust model with regard to my electrical panel, strictly as it relates to my pool. 
like one false move can screw up my whole life, <laughs> you mm. know, and like I'm never going to learn electri- like electricianness enough. I'm not going to say never it could happen, but like I'm on the trust model now and definitely like even when people start explaining it to me, my head starts exploding. I was like, have you ever built a PC before or like a gaming computer or anything like that? I've built like RPIs, you know, okay. it's not, not for Bitcoin notes, but like I built like, them for computers. Home wiring really isn't that much more complicated than that. Like it's all components that are meant to click together and go together. It's just, yeah, wrapping your mind around which component to put where. Yeah, I mean, look, I've already like, I can study Bitcoin, math, you know, Right. I studied abstract algebra for three hours this morning, but a guy talks to me literally for like two minutes. My brain just shuts down. I think that's one of so what you're talking about, like the the idea of specializing skills. Like Bitcoin has made me appreciate that in a way I never had before because I put so much time and energy into grokking Bitcoin that by the time I considered myself like a subject matter expert on it, I like. I realized, oh, other people don't have any idea what they're talking about, but and I do. And that put everything else in context. Like, oh, having somebody over to talk about, yeah, like an electrician or like any skilled trade, it's like, I should just shut up because I clearly don't know what I'm talking about. Like, I should ask their opinion and go with their opinion because their opinion obviously is going to have more weight than mine. I mean, you have no choice. That's the thing. It's not like, you know what I mean? You're <laughs> I don't even know if it's like we're giving them respect. It's like we have no choice because this is the lot we put ourselves in by not mastering that skill. Yeah. Right. So we're, yeah. we shout, have shout to trust Shout out to skilled, now, skilled that, tradesmen, man. Hell yeah. And the ones in our meetup and you guys are listening and you guys know who you are. So shout out to you guys. So um, yeah, where, what were we even talking about? Just how cold it was? <laughs> So, um, yeah, it's it's been a weird, weird, it's a very cold morning. It's been a weird time. It's been a weird time. So we, we, um, the last couple of episodes we were talking about, I think two episodes ago, I was teasing out this book that my school read. And then we spent the entire episode last, I'm going to say it was what, three weeks ago now? (laughs) It feels like a while. I think it was, yeah. Three weeks, something like that. We spent the entire time because right after we, Right after we finished that episode, I read this book, and I hate read it in 24 hours, and I basically knew I had to talk about it to, like, not just myself, but, like, you know, I knew it was, was going to have to involve the school and register my criticisms. Yeah, and um, so you went out and you had that so discussion with the headmaster. Kinda wa- yeah, so we had this whole episode, and I kind of wanted to let's just come back and let you guys know how that all went and where where that's leading us today. So, you know, so this, so it was about two weeks ago, I guess it was, no, you know, it was last, I thought I was going to get to hear myself talk about this on the podcast before I went to go talk to him. Um, but we basically, you went right on, you, you stay, you kept this on schedule. So you got, you released the podcast three days ago, which is total, you know, um, so I, I had the experience of doing it, but not listening to myself back. But it doesn't matter. Like, it wasn't going to matter. I, I went to, I, I did meet with the dean, um, had a reasonable conversation with him, I'll just say. I'm not in a crisis about having to homeschool my child right now. Mm, but I'm okay. pretty, I'm pretty, I feel defeated, I'll just say. <laughs> like, I don't even know what I was thinking, like I was going to register any of these points 
in like I'm not dealing with clown world per se, but I'm dealing with somebody whose antenna is completely pointed towards towards clown world and how to manage it. You understand that? Yeah, and it's an institution. You're dealing with a thing that has so much momentum and ma- it's like trying to change the the direction of a ship. So we've talked about uh, standard bearers versus like diplomats, right? Mm-hmm. On the show, like you got people who have to who just want to meet people where they're at. And then you got people who are like standard bearers. Now, this is a classic conflict here where I'm coming in as a standard bear, right? And dealing with a guy who can only really think from his mapping to his community. And he has to meet his people where they're at, right? Yeah, he's and a he, people pleaser. So most of most of his feedback to me was like, yeah, like I get it. But like, you know, like 90% of this community is fucking woke left, right? And I'm like, yeah, but like we're not... I'm not talking about that. Like, I want to register these. I want to register this criticism. Like, what's important to me is that you hear my criticism. That's all I care about, right? Because I feel like you have imposed this book, <laughs> and you're not criticizing it the way I would. That's all I want here, right? It took an hour to get to that point, and he finally is like, "Okay, yeah. I mean, I get it. I get the criticism." Um, you know, he said some interesting things. Like, he is. He's kind of like a. I mean, he is like a. 15 probably percent Bitcoiner. Like if he showed up to my meetup, he would actually be no, he'd be a great asset to my meetup. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, you know, so he owns Bitcoin, he owns shit coins too, um, which many of our good members do. <laughs> so like members, as many of our good participants do. Um, he, you know, he sees a little bit of possibility in Bitcoin. He kind of sees it, but it's mostly an investment, right? He sees it mostly as that. And he can't, like, he actually is, he, may, he said some interesting things about how he believes the nation state model is, you know, limited and it's going to need some type of adjustment. And he's like, maybe it's a, something decentralized. And he looks at me, eye contact and says, like Bitcoin, you know, as though it's as though it's my solution. Right. Yeah. But I mean, he kind of at least understands he's meeting me where I'm at in a certain way enough. Right. That. He is telling me, and kind of just he's hearing me. Right? It sounds like he was trying to placate you. Like he, he is intelligent enough of a politician to like he know he knows he needs to answer to your concerns to get you out of his office. Correct, but he also knows that that's a really hard thing to do. Like placating yeah. placating me. I mean, is, and he's, very he's the captain of a ship, right? But um, like you guys know, like pl- um, I am I am an autistic standard bear, right? So. Placating me is going to be is a difficult thing to do. Now I don't know if I consider myself placated, but I was. I think that at least. I mean, look, compromise is like when no one's happy with the result, right? I wasn't happy, but like I at least felt like the guy sat and, like I f- I feel like if I have to have another conversation with him, it won't be starting from zero. Mm-hmm. But where that left me, man, I like. I needed meetups really bad. Like I needed, like I really needed to, uh, it wasn't even just that. Like I started, no, like I started noticing more of like the Marxism that's actually being taught to my kids directly in their classes. Yeah. I started noticing that. I started noticing it everywhere and, and it really once started you to see like, it. Yeah. You can't stop seeing it once you see it. It's there. So I, I've been on like my own little black pill journey. And then like I was reading this book and I, I've, I kind of feel compelled to mention this now. Um, the Hoppe book, Economic Science and the Austrian Method. Um, 
slight funny kind of story here is I was talking about it and I think it's a really good book. I'm not necessarily saying people should read it, but maybe if you want to understand exactly how my, where my head is at, it's not a bad thing to read or just watch the Knut's fan home episode on Breed Love where he talks about it. But I started tweeting some things about the book and, um, somebody who I respect a lot in the space started texting me saying, you know, that book is total shit. Hmm. <laughs> and so I'm what like, was the right. critique of it? Um, the critique was that it wouldn't pass a first year course in philosophy. And it was, you know what it was? I'll tell you, and I'll, I'll tell you guys, like basically it's, it's, the, it's a trap that the Austrians get in. And I guess if I was, around this space for another five, six years, I'd be part of this criticism, right? But I'm only like two years and change in, and I'm still kind of like wide-eyed soaking it in, right? But like the Austrians are great in that they sort of are telling the pe- the central planners of the world, you can't central plan anything, you don't know. We had the whole discussion last week, right, about the ripples and like mm-hmm. you can't smooth over the ripples. In fact, you want the ripples and you need the ripples. You need the natural ripples to know how to direct resources. Um, where the Austrians then get into trouble, this is what this individual was telling me. Um, they then, they they try to prove their own, they kind of, they basically, they start enjoying the smell of their own farts, basically, right? And they start believing that their own arguments are axiomatic Um like, for example, maybe this isn't even an example, but uh, it, it occurs to me that this is an example. I hear this. I hear Knut do this a lot. So I had to slay my, one of my heroes a little bit here um, where he says, well, the, uh, act- the proof of action, like, you know, the proof that humans act is that if you try to disprove it, you're acting and therefore humans act. Now, that sounds right. That's kind of, cir- that. kind of circular. Yeah. It's true. It sounds like a mathematical proof and it sounds self-evident that yes, humans act. And I, and I think, so it's like, I think the trouble comes in is I I think it's fine to say humans act and that you believe that that's the case, right? But when you try to, when you try to use the same tools, i.e. mathematical logic, right? And the person who was laying this criticism, um, has a, has his undergraduate degree in mathematical logic. And I think that's where he was, He's probably going to tell me that I'm butchering this whole thing after he, if he listens to this. But um, when you start trying to mathematize the thing that you're saying can't be mathematized to prove (laughs) that it can't be mathematized, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. And it's like, I'm not trying to get into like some dinner party discussion of like the, you know, oh, the, the, you know, the Kantian, the people who study Kant and the people, which, which what Hoppy does get into, Right. You know how you know what I'm. Do you ever get into like? Do you ever find? Do you ever run into somebody who like you know clearly some like kind of like Ivy League asshole who just <laughs> knows knows the beats and knows how to have the discussion but has no idea what he's saying? Right? It's like, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've run into a few people like that, and that, that this can devolve into that, right? This can devolve into that type of discussion where it's like, oh, you know, the the uh, the Nietzsche's, you know, and they they. Uh, they were clearly wrong because they believed that, you know, blah, 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 blah. And you try to, the problem, so the bottom line was, um, I think the, what I told this individual was I thought that the, the word economic science 
sorry, economic science and the Austrian method, right? I viewed economic science in like as sarcastic. Like I view, I read the quote book unquote thinking, science. Yeah. Like, but I don't know that that's, I don't know that's what Hoppy really is. I don't, know, I don't know if he thinks it's sarcastic, but if you view it that way, I think you're kind of on safe ground, right? You kind of just continue to, you read Hoppy as adversarially as you would read Stolen Focus, right? And to know that anyone can start enjoying the smell of their own farts too much to be wrong. You could be so right, you're wrong, right? Mm. And you know what kind of cool insight I had in this conversation, this back and forth, was that uh, Mises, Hoppy, Rothbard, you know what those guys did not have? They did what? not have, tw- they didn't have Twitter. So every shit post they had in their brain went into their books. Yeah, and they, they didn't, ha- like Twitter is an incredibly useful tool for finding uh, a marketplace of peers to give you feedback. Like how much, how many books would Safe have, right? Yeah. If he didn't have Twitter. And yeah, how, how, less, how less examined would they be? And how much would we, we be talking about safe? Like, oh my God, dude, this is like, <laughs> like we would be talking about him like he's a maniac and not, we wouldn't be talking about, basically his books are polished masterpieces, you know? Mm-hmm. But part, I think the big reason for that is he gets to get all of his shit out on Twitter and on podcasts, right? Yeah, uh, authors prior to the, inv- I mean, authors used to have to be sharp. I mean, they, I mean, not, so, not that they're not sharp now, but it was a, like you were in a self-contained, th- there was a reason to surround yourself, like go, go to an educational area, like a university and surround yourself with, with peers. Now that has been decentralized out to the world. And it's a great editor. Twitter is a really good editor if you use it correctly. And that's why Principles of Economics is an economics textbook that's never existed before, right? Like the previous versions that attempted to do this are thousands of pages long because they're all arguing against the people who are trying to dunk on them. And that's what like 80% of the pages, if you read Mises, and it's beautiful to beautiful arguments, but they're on, it's like not really necessary to learn the economics if that's what you're after. Yeah. So wrapping this whole thing up, right? Always read these people adversarially. Always, right? And like the only, I think we agree that the only axiom is, and maybe that's a hint to who I was talking to, but the only axiom is that there are no axioms in economics. I would say, I mean, beyond just being reading adversarially, in, in general, that's an excellent way to live your life. Yeah. You should you should always be like considering like okay how how is the is the source truthful or are they trying to have something over on me? This experience just added to my black pilled depression. <laughs> just like this, so it was like oh my god, like I can't communicate with um, the normies that I'm dependent on, and I'm really like feeling that right now. And now it's like I can't even communicate really with. Austrians, I have to, you know, had to slay heroes in the middle of in the middle of that as well. And so, I retreated into math, where you can sort of communicate without taint, and that's sort of where I've been. I went back into a rabbit hole that started in the whole cryptography, uh, the cryptography rabbit hole. Uh, so that's what that's that's sort of where I've been left, um, left right and. I don't know. Do you do you think there's going to be any more discussions with the headmaster, or do you think you're at an impasse? 
I think I'm at an impasse here until the next, th- like, look, the, the next thing is inevitable. And that's why yeah. I had the conversation. I remember I right, talked yeah, about it last you, week. You put that flag down now. At some point, he's going to have his orange light bulb moment and, and realize, oh, I need to have another conversation. Yeah. And so, look, the last thing I kind of want to say on this before we maybe pivot to just some better and more optimistic, <laughs> more optimistic type of themes is that um, a good springboard for this right now is that. I found a video. I was in Miami and I remember seeing Breedlove's keynote. And um, I saw it on YouTube yesterday. I saw it in my YouTube feed and I watched it. And I think that I recommend watching it. But in the, if, if you guys really listen to the last episode, it's like it's the stolen focus that a Bitcoiner would write. And it, it's not a whole book on how to sigh up people into Marxism. It's a 20 minute video on as to why Bitcoin fixes this. Bitcoin does fix socialism. It, it, I mean, Bitcoin is the educational tool that we were lacking. I mean, the video, sorry, the keynote, right, is really like he's really asking why, you know, we asked tech companies for X and we got Y. Mm-hmm. Right. And then, I mean, which is the same premise of the book, right? But without the Hillary, Hillary Clinton testimony, would not give the testimonial to Breedlove's keynote. You understand, right? Yeah. So I would say check that out. Check out Breedlove's keynote. I think I'm plugging Breedlove stuff too much right now, but whatever. His stuff's great. His, uh, <laughs> I mean, if we're talking about Breedlove, hey, his that intro series with uh, Michael Saylor on his podcast, like that is. Uh, yeah transformational i mean if you want to listen to it that's an incredible Definitely. series talking about like all the different innovations of technology throughout the years and like the uh apple yeah the increase of individuals being able to wield energy it's like that was yeah eye-opening stuff but yeah breed love's great love breed love so you ask yourself when did i actually get the time to do all that and when did i get the time to watch these 15 episodes it was before i had kids <laughs> I, yeah, that's been like having kids has made me re- like, man, I'm so thankful that I gr- that I learned all this stuff when I had the time and yeah, the time and energy to do it. Like I have so much less time now, like disposable time for my like to pursue my own stuff now. So that's how I feel about like health prior to discovering Bitcoin. Mm. Like, oh man, I'm so glad, and like, I'm so glad I pursued all the rabbit holes I did prior to finding Bitcoin because now there's no time for any of that. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> well, so you sound pretty, uh, pretty defeated at the moment, but like, there's quite hopeful things happening in the world. Do you, you paying attention to Argentina's election at all? Oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah, you know, look, um, I was defeated, and I think Bitcoiners, it's part. I think it's part of our life, right? Is ups and downs, cycles. Well, look, you have a unreasonable view of the world. Okay, this is before. So I'm, I'm going to just take one more detour before we get into this, just to put a little more context. Right? Why do we get defeated? Is because you have we have an unreasonable commitment. Okay, the commitment is to the Bitcoin future and Bitcoin standard. You guys understand how unreasonable that is. It's we are absurd. the only reasonable ones. Everybody so, else is unreasonable. I mean, the reality is. It's so absurd that the second you even look at the world, you realize how un 
how not set up the world is for that, right? And it's like that's it's like we're just walking through mud all the time, right? And, unless just, you're able to bend over backwards in self-deception, it's impossible to look at the world and draw the conclusion that everything's right and nothing's broken. So, I mean, like that—that that is starting at the first step. Like, okay, that's enter. Like, you're looking for solutions. Enter Bitcoin. Oh, once you start understanding Bitcoin, you understand. That's why you can't unsee it. Like, once you understand the problem that Bitcoin solves, you can never unsee that problem again. Correct. Now, the other. So then, the other piece of this is that I've I see so much possibility for Bitcoin, and I've built my life now around that possibility. I've built my life in a way I could never have done before. Mm -hmm. um, but, but the people who are on the ride with me don't see Bitcoin as that either. And they can't, so it's hard for them to actually, they're struggling to keep their hands gripped onto the life I've built. Yeah. And it's, that's why, that is the reason why, like I orange pill or die trying with these people, the people I care about, because they're grabbing, they're trying to grab for dear life onto the life I built. For me, it's easy because I know what I, I like. It's kind of like trying to, you know, stay in a car, not understanding what the wheel does, right? Mm. You, the driver of the car fully gets the wheel. He built the whole car on the wheel and they're like, wait a second. No, this thing's going to fall apart any second now. This is not going to work, right? And you have to teach them. And it, you may die and it never happens. This but is like, the time for men to be strong leaders of their families. Right? So like I wanted to give you that context so that you, you know, we never pretend like, oh man, you know, it's blue sky all the time, right? But I, you know, I kind of want to like make the struggle real before now we say, we, we start talking about, well, what are we optimistic about? Because I thought, I definitely thought it was good to, you know, the last couple of episodes, if I think, have sort of led into a particular darkness, that it'd be good to talk about some, what are we optimistic about? Because I think also Bitcoiners are differentiated in their optimism, but nobody sees it. All they see is the darkness, because that's all we're talking to people about is how much their shit doesn't work. <laughs> right? Mm. The, uh, I mean... It's like the world is, I mean, it's this, the world's coming out of a dark age right now. And for, for most, like if you ask people that have drank the Kool-Aid of the dark age, I mean, they would tell you the opposite. They, they think that we're moving into an era of ignorance and that like the civilization is crumbling. Whereas, I mean, once you step back from that and realize, oh, this civil, this is cancer. This is not true civilization. Like, oh, the species is healing itself right now. But like it's like it's one of those. I mean, you, you can the best way to be an example of like the optimism that is deservedly in the world that people could be looking to is. I mean, you just got, we we all have to live our lives in a way that other people look on like what's different about them. It's like what yeah. what oh they have built their house on a foundation that actually stands the waves. It goes you know, and it goes back to like it goes back to root cause attribution as well because. The way these people, it's like the way they view a virus. I don't want to get into social issues around viruses. Just get this one example is that the way people view a virus is that they see a fire and they see, they always see, this is how quote unquote scientists have viewed this. They always see firefighters at a fire, right? But they're blame, they blame the firefighters for the fire. They don't 
ask if the firefighters are there to put out the fire, mm. right? And so they built an entire corpus of knowledge on top of this root cause attribution that firefighters cause fires, right? Yeah, right. And and, and now we're, we're 40 years downstream of this I mean, wrong we, base assumption. Well, we may be guilty of this in a certain way in Bitcoin, right? Because we attribute everything to fiat and fiat ruins everything. And may not be worth it may not be a bad thing to um question that assumption every once in a while i don't as think well. that i think that it's, it's very easy to say that fiat ruins everything but it's not fiat doesn't ruin everything it's not fiat right. it's 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 the person and people wielding that tool it's like yeah. humans are fallible humans are corruptible and give if you give a human a tool that can be co-opted eventually it's going to be co-opted so it's not that fiat yes. in and of itself is this horrible tool. Like fiat, fiat's just a tool that humans made up. It's so, just the humans that are controlling the rest of us are doing it incredibly unethically and in a way that is counterproductive to their longevity. Guess who's not going to be, who's going to have a hard time doing that going forward? Um, Central bankers in Argentina. Yeah, right. So, I mean, I, yeah, there's... <laughs> Like if, if you look at the once you peel back and like stop associating your values with what the 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 one percent the, the rulers tell us that our values are supposed to be once you form your own value structure then you can stop like oh darn the the federal government's falling down but like it's that doesn't have anything to do with me so it and you can look in the world and see that oh, there's areas like freedoms coming back in areas of the world like Argentina like people have had yes. enough. And this is we so, have the first in history election of like a, a libertarian anarcho-capitalist. Like this has never, ever happened in history before. And, you know, the dude is definitely um, he's a great combination of like, you know, um, clearly based, clearly educated and, you into know, theatrics to, into theatrics in a way where like the skull of Satoshi, like if you want to portray him as as psychotic and as crazy as possible, he only looks cooler. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, he only, he only looks more appealing to people like us. Yeah. Right. I see these headlines of like, of like these doom and gloom headlines from the New York times saying like the things he wants to do, like, Oh, he wants to cut. He wants to like end all of these protections by cutting all of these government programs. Like, Oh my goodness. Could we have that here? So, you know what I'm grateful for truly, 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 like I was thinking about this this morning is to have, like, no matter how late you think you are to Bitcoin and no matter what you've been through in your life, like I talk a lot about how I regretted how deranged I was about Trump and everything that was going on. I wish I was able to enjoy it more. I was, you know, just wish I was less miserable during that time. Mm-hmm. But like, I'm really grateful that I've at least spent the last two years educating myself to the point where I can appreciate at least what the possibility is, has been created for, for the world by this election. And I'm not dreading it because my media machines have been telling me that this is going to be the end of civilization. It's right? so freeing to be able to laugh again, isn't it? Like that was one of yeah. the, my big takeaways when I left the left was like, oh my gosh, humor. I forgot how funny things were. Yeah. yeah. Like, hey, you, you want more evidence that we're, we're winning? The retard is back. Like on Twitter, there's polls, people asking like, is this socially acceptable? And like with hundreds of thousands of votes, it's like, it's yeah, it turns out <laughs> the whole time 
people were just like the oppressive the oppression of the woke left that had a hold over popular culture like and the to the effect that like they could ban people that disagreed with them people were just afraid to say things but now we have an outlet and like the truth and the, the humor of the underlying society is coming back. Like Shane Gillis is an example. I, I would say like him right there is a, a big indicator of the way things are going. Like he, they tried to cancel him and he's more successful now than he ever was. He, he saved comedy in yeah. my opinion. And you know what? I was talking to my daughter about this. We just watched, I finally like got her to watch the live in Austin special. <laughs> okay. Uh, so this is the Shane, the Shane part of our podcast. Cause you know, what are we optimistic about? comedy is a cause for optimism yes one of the things that one of my favorite things on this planet right now is the fact that the rock paper bitcoin podcast twitter account follows three people you me and shane gillis (laughs) and i love that i don't control the account uh whoever does shout out (laughs) but um you know what shane gillis was pro- uh, was on track to save. He was going to save an institution called Saturday Night Live, but they wouldn't have it. And so instead, he saved, actually, he saved comedy instead. And that's something that gives me a lot of optimism as well. I mean, it's the it's the concept of the court jester is the only one who can accurately uh, call but out things as they are. It's not an accident that Shane is connected to both of us in a certain way. He's connected. He's certainly connected to me because I was in the Philly comedy scene. I know all of his boys. I quit like literally the split second he arrived in Philly and I never knew him. That's like a big regret of mine. But like, I know, you know, all of it. I'm, I have a deep, I feel a connection to him. I understand his sensibilities and I get the scene that he grew up in. And the fact is he, he grew up, in the town where you have your meetups right now. Yeah, yeah, he grew up right down the road from us. And his his family's bakery is right down the road the other way. And here's the thing, okay? Here, let me give you guys a little uh, inside info about comedy. Not that you don't know this already, but like the number one axiom of comedy is that if it doesn't come from New York or LA, it's not funny and it never will be. Okay, it's the first rule, okay? Um. Somebody from Mechanicsburg, PA, isn't supposed to, it's just isn't supposed to make it. Okay. And it, it's not like nothing from that vantage point is supposed to make it. You understand? So, like, I just want to like point that out real quick. Like, comedy is changing because yeah. it comedy used to has be, been dematerialized and decentralized. I mean, look, you had to move to New if, if you were in Philly, right down the street, you had to move to New York if you wanted to make it to do anything relevant in comedy. That's totally changed. And Shane is basically just, he's followed the Bitcoiners, right? Saying, fuck New York. I don't want to live this kind of life here. <laughs> I can do it in Austin, right? Yeah. He's following, he he's following, he's a close follow on Marty Bent, right? Who grew up, maybe not in the middle of PA, but not too far, right? right. Yeah, not too far. Certainly grew up where Eagle fans live and did the New York thing. Now I'm giving Marty a lot of credit right now. I think Marty is so is still early. Marty is early to his Shane Gillis moment, right? Shane yeah. is known. Shane, Shane is now like known all over the world, right? So Shane is on a different level. But Marty, you know, Marty's on that path, though, right? It's like a similar similar thing where he's like, you know, fuck New York, and he's actually getting his boys 
also to, you know, to realize that you don't, it doesn't have to be, you know, New York may be really, this really may be a canary in the coal mine too, that New York ain't coming back. Right. Mm. If like people like Shane already figure out that it's not the way and it's not LA either. Right. It's Austin. And then we're going to have people move like watch, watch right now, watch comics in the next like two or three years, move to Austin and Nashville, certainly Austin, because this Joe Rogan has built this thing. Right. Joe Rogan has built a place for people to do comedy in in Austin, right? Comedy mothership. I wonder, like, it's this is a test. This is a test of the crossover signal, right? Is do we see a, like a really well known comedy club show up in Nashville? I'm just really curious, right? So, like alongside Bitcoin Park, right? You got Bitcoin Commons and you got the comedy mothership, Joe Rogan. You know, does somebody set up something like that in Nashville to be like the Odell? in comedy i mean bitcoin park is already doing so awesome down there it seems like a a natural extension you know it's it's something to think about right so i'm look i'm optimistic comedy in general just makes everything better right being able to laugh yeah but being able to like see the darkness in us you know with some slight optimism is underrated and a big deal right yeah, and I think this when I see this sideburn mutton chopped man, <laughs> and then realize, oh my god, he's in charge of that entire country now. <laughs> right? You know, him ripping off afuera, or you know, right? Like, him holding chainsaws up in the air, and so yeah, there's. I, just... I know he's gonna disappoint. You know, he's gonna break our heart in some way, but you know what? It doesn't matter because yeah, the reality we, is, we should look put at him the, on a pedestal. It's like looking at the map, and I see, you know, you see El Salvador. Now you see Argentina, and then you start wondering, is Canada coming? Is Polar coming in Canada, right? And then you start, you, you know, it, it gives, it's cause for optimism. I mean, even internally in the States, I mean, what, there was just the big court ruling, uh, Supreme Court ruling on pistols in Maryland. Like one of the, la- one of the last enclaves of repression against gun rights. Like the, the Constitution is very clear about, about the right to bear arms. And for I get this Constitution, the Bill of Rights, this, this the Second Amendment is very clear about the right to bear arms, and yep. states have stepped in and inserted themselves between their population, their citizens, and their rights, and have, have said, oh, actually, actually, no, you don't have this right. No, you don't have this right. And like the, I, I think that like constitutional carry, the uh, there's over half of the states in the union now are constitutional carry, and I think that we're not too far from like somebody being able to buy a pistol in cash on the East Coast and drive all the way to the West Coast with zero problems, zero intervention. Like that, that's an incredibly like, man, that's a, that's such a major win that I, yeah, like they, the left has been winning for so long, but like they are, they built their foundation on like sticks and mud and like the tide is coming in now and like we are taking it all back. Get the problem that I, the pro- I think I understand why the left is just so so loses on the gun thing, because they don't know they just don't know why we need them, right? It's Their whole a- thing is built on trust, and that's breaking down. Like that's the thing, that is the thing that is breaking down right now, right? And you see yeah. a lot, like you see a lot of left leaning people wanting guns right now. Uh, we, we're now by the way, that was over. Co- that was code. That was code for Jews. 
But I see a lot of all the Jewish people I know are like, like, how do I get strapped? How do I get yes. a gun? And these are like, these are like the bluest of the blue blueies. You know, I mean, it's like the concept of being against gun rights is like, okay, well, I'm gonna call somebody else who they have guns and they can take care of me. And like, I mean, right? It's, I, 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 I cannot blame the Jews for being for like looking at the state of the world right now and realizing, oh, I don't want to depend on the police coming. It's, you know what, I mean, I can tell you this, if you just look, if you really zoom out and you go to like um, the, just the pale blue dot level, right? And you look at the ripple effect of, um, just the ripple effect of people all of a sudden who were the most trusting of governments and states starting to feel, you know, starting to question it. Yeah. Like, you know, that is... A cause that is a cause for optimism it's a cause for optimism on our side but boy is that a cause for concern if you are, in, are invested in their currency if uh, think about that statement like <laughs> yeah. people are questioning whether the state like will protect them it's like that that is the harbinger of the end of the state there's no like i don't think we can recover the state from that and this is coming at a time where this guy <laughs> Malay is so full throatedly just and very articulately, you know, uh, and very with high conviction screaming, the state provides nothing. Yes. Right. I mean, this is all like you have all of these vectors converging with Bitcoin, with success in El Salvador, with bull market on its way, with the having coming. Um. The one thing I was talking to my daughter yesterday and she, we were, I was asking, what are you optimistic about? And we were talking and I really just ended up with the having is like one of the most biggest causes of optimism for me. Yeah. Like it's, it's always darkest before the dawn. And like, I mean, and it's going to get darker. I, yeah. But I think the moment I realize I haven't been through a having yet. And I think the moment like I really re- see and realize that it works like that, mm. it's going to mm-hmm. be pretty powerful. I'm really like looking forward to that moment. TikTok next block. I mean, yeah, it's it's like a it's like it's, I mean, it's very mechanical and orderly. Yeah, um, it was just and so that just got me into a whole bunch of thoughts about block size wars and lightning and stuff like that. <laughs> you want to you, you want to transition to? I got a, a really, little bit. I got a really dope little uh, lightning lightning powered device in the mail yesterday. Um, the, bolt, the bolt rings out of uh, out of the UK. So like in the UK, they have they have a payment system for their. I'm not, I'm not entirely familiar with it because it doesn't work any. It doesn't work here. It doesn't work anywhere I've been. But this is how they can make lightning payments in the UK. They can they you set up a little account with uh, LN Bits or a couple other apps, and then you yeah. can just tap your NFC enabled card or device against uh, against like a payment reader, a payment processor at a vendor, and it will just auto debit from your like whatever you set up in that account. So like if you could you could say something like I'm OK with requests up to 10,000 sats and a to- with a total of no more requests of 100,000 sats a day. And then like you can go through just tap your card when you want to pay for something. And what the so what, what this uh, bolt ring is, they had the bolt cards, but now they have the bolt ring, which is just a nice it's a nice aesthetic black ring that I can wear and it's NFC enabled and like I can't use it for the payments here in America but it's a I mean it's an 
unlocked NFC card at chip so I can like rewrite it with whatever I want. So what I've been doing, like in, in the day I've had it, I wrote it so that I can tap my ring against somebody's phone and it will open up uh, Twitter right to my business cat account. Huh? But yeah, it's like, it's like fun little things like that. Like uh, this is like, who's like, this is just like an offshoot of Bitcoin payment technology. Ain't, ain't nobody like doing this level of innovation over, over in fiat land, trying to make like a funner way to do a PayPal payment. No. So this is maybe, so this is an extension. So what they're doing, I guess, is using the messaging platform of lightning to send messages, not just to create a queue, not just to um, send HTLCs back and forth between a channel, but to actually also enable other functionality, I guess, right? I'm going to guess that you understand the technicalities of it more, better than I do. Because, well, this is the type of stuff, well, the, the essay I wrote, Lightning, um, Creating Annuities in the Lightning Network, we, we talked about, <laughs> we, had a, we had one of our first like really big arguments, but it was fun. But it was about like um, if you have a lightning channel with your farmer and, um, you know, when you send your payment, it could unlock your freezer. Which mm-hmm. That's not what we argued about. We argued about something before I had that idea, which was having a public refrigerator that needed to be unlocked and that somebody could control. And you were saying, well, that's really dystopian. But like um, the ability to send a message with a channel partner, right? Which is what Lightning is set up to do. Mm-hmm. Not just to send, um, I mean, a Lightning payment is nothing more than a message that updates the balances of your channel. Okay? Right. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a message uh, defined in a bolt, which is, I think is, I, I don't know if the ring is named after the basis of Lightning transactions, bolts like the BIPs. They come up with a BIP ring for on-chain, a bolt ring for Lightning, maybe. <laughs> right, maybe. Um, but, and I, but like, there's so much. Have you ever seen these videos, like Stefan Levera, like scanning his Lightning wallet and then a, having a beer fill up? Yeah. On a tap, like it's, mm-hmm. you can send a message to have it do anything, right? And so, you know, I was thinking about like my, you know, my pool is a nightmare, and I've had my like electrical panel on my pool, like sabotaged by people I don't trust. But if I had a lightning, if I had a lightning channel with somebody. And they just like, I, I scanned once I pay them, like, you know, I pay them a small amount for them to show up 50,000 mm-hmm. sats or something like that. And guess what? That like unlocks my electrical panel to that person only. Right. And like, that's the kind of stuff we could be. That's the kind of stuff I think this bolt ring starts giving people ideas for. Yeah. Right. It, it, there's so many different like, yeah my, my brain is uh, going I have a, there's so many different ways that you could use something like this like uh, yeah, like hiding information in plain sight like it's not it's not secure enough for seed phrases or anything like that but I mean yeah there's it's interesting to see where this is gonna go like I'm just gonna start wearing this ring at all times just so my, my hand gets used to having it on and then yeah I'm gonna see where it goes that's interesting I wear, you know, I wear a ring for um, checks my sleep and all that stuff, and it's very good form factor for that. I could see, like, if you, yeah, wearing a ring for um, it's an interesting use case for lightning. Now, I assume is it custodial? Is it non custodial? How do you do? You how do you? I believe that. So, looking at the, I didn't look at the documentation super closely. There's three options to set it up it can in the, be in the UK. Custodial. Yeah, there's two. There, I believe there's two custodial options and then one non-custodial option using LN bits. 
Um, but oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 it's like neither none of those things are i'm gonna have to worry about until we're gonna be doing like at some point doing payments here but i figure i mean so, we're gonna be going back to el salvador at some point so it's probably i'll probably be able to try to demo it down there and who knows like years in the future like we'll see how long the transition in argentina takes um or or if presidente even makes it i can very man there's so many different ways of like looking at how the future could play out and i'm not all yeah. optimistic for them What's going to happen when they realize they can't just smear the shit out of him? They can't eliminate well, yeah, him that it way. It doesn't matter anymore. Like that, yeah. Right. The smearing is like the CIA doesn't doesn't kill people anymore because like the character assassination started working so well. But now that doesn't work. So are are they going to go back to physical assassination? Yeah, probably not. They got they they got too many guys in the U.S. They got to try to assassinate before they worry about this guy. That's really true. Yeah, they've. That's really true. They have got the pro- <laughs> We can't keep continuing to like worry about the entire world and try to try to direct the world. Like, yeah, like the walls have fallen down at home. Like the enemy is inside the gates. Like, we can either deal with it or we're not. Or we can't. And the so, walls fell. Yeah, yeah, and the that, that was yeah the idea. Like they're inside the wall, the walls of the Waldorf. It's like man, the, like the bat, the places that we so, had considered oh. bastions of liberty and freedom. It's like oh, no, so, oh. communists are yeah. there too. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it just occurred to me. Okay, so maybe you actually, I saw some. So you gave the title to the last episode, and the walls fell. And I, get, I was asking you. I didn't know. Were you referring to the Next Generation episode? I that I didn't name it the exact um, title of that episode, but yeah, that that episode had crossed my mind in that yeah, Shaka when the walls fell. Yeah. So just so the listeners understand, like that isn't because I thought that was such a perfect title because it was really about two people. Like Picard was stuck. I don't know how he got stuck somewhere with some other alien. That do you want me to give a brief synopsis of the episode? Because I can't. They couldn't communicate with each other. They were just like totally at an impasse. So the the Enterprise is off. They're they're off on their. They're just patrolling space, and they run into a race of aliens who they have a very hard problem communicating with because this race of aliens communicates through memes, like. All they can do is communicate through what we, what we think of as memes. So it's like Picard face in hand, uh, or like like two angry ladies point at cat. Like like you know what I'm talking about because like you're aware of the 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 memes of our culture. So like this alien race had their own memes, and that was how they communicated. Like Shaka when the walls fell. It's like Ray we Leona. don't have any of the cultural <laughs> yeah like right. we don't have any of the cultural baggage to under to decode their message. And so Picard, like he, they, they decide, like there, there's some, there's some reason why like tensions are raised, and we're, we may go to war over this. Like we're, we may start shooting, and so the uh, alien beams Picard and himself down to a planet in in like a hostile planet, and then protect and hold them there so that Picard and this uh, captain can have a like a coming together moment and understand each other's cultural um, experiences and like find a, a non-violent way out of this. And it's, it's one of the greatest episodes of next gen of like examples of non-violent conflict resolution. Absolutely. And I thought, I, so I thought it was such a brilliant way to title that episode. And I have the reason why, and maybe like, you didn't know that what my conversation was going to be like, but like, I actually viewed him as Picard and me, the guy, it's just screaming like Marxism is wrong and we need to worry about it. And he is like, right. I just want to know one word that he's saying. I just want to be able to understand one freaking word. Right. So that was great, dude. That was like, so I love that. Um, I'm glad we just got into that a little bit. Um, and then it's cause I, you know what? I think something similar is happening in lightning with Bitcoiners. 
Um, I think Lightning has been undergoing, I don't think it's an intentional necessarily FUD campaign, but I think mm. the last the last couple of months have been massively FUDed. And I I went through the Lightning Protocol Development Seminar by Chain, Chain Code Labs, and Lightning is one of those things, guys, that like, the you know Bitcoin, the more you learn about it, the more conviction you get into it? Yeah. Lightning is like the opposite, right? The more you learn about Lightning, the more you see the problems and the hinkiness and the less you kind of feel like, oh my God, this is the future of the world. It's totally going to, the world can totally put this all on its shoulders, right? Yeah. I mean, like, it's lightning, just so early. Yeah. It's a very early, a very early iteration of what's going to come after. And yeah, it's like they're, that's the beautiful thing about layers above layer one. Like we don't have to experiment on layer one. We can do all this experimentation up on layer two, layer three. Yeah, the problems that are coming up right now. So we talked about the bolts. So there's this thing called bolt 12 that has been imminent for a while. That's supposed to solve a lot of problems. Then there's these other, there's certain things that are needed and we know that are needed, but they can't happen unless there are um, some opcodes, unless we get a little bit of soft fork on chain, right? Like lightning as a layer two needs the layer one um, like Taproot was needed mm-hmm. for Lightning to, and Segwit was needed for Lightning to exist to begin with. That you guys can get into. I'll leave that to the reader to verify to ask why. Yeah, there were talk to fun, me at our meetup. There were but technical like upgrades needed. needed on the base layer to enable some higher level multi sig stuff. Right. Uh, well, also Segwit was needed to avoid double spin, so that the Lightning actually, you know, the on chain transaction was mm. actually enforceable. Like the whole right. thing would fall apart if. You could double spend the funding transaction. I don't want to get too technical, but like SegWit was needed. Lightning couldn't happen without SegWit. Okay. And PT, the things that are coming that are going to make things a lot better couldn't have happened without Taproot. Okay. Um, and then the things that are needed to fix a lot of the problems, we like the Lightning, the people who are in it 24 7, right? They see down the road, so there's going to need another soft fork. And it's like, we're, that's also that's running into drive chains and that's running into other other um, you know forces that want to quote unquote improve things right mm-hmm. and I think the core issue really is that I, I, I don't think people understand like lightning at the most basic level and that's a big I think that's a big problem and I, some of these flare-ups right like the guy quitting the dev you know the dev quitting a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Right. And it's just, it's, it wasn't that it was like, that wasn't necessarily the problem. It's just a converse. There's such a noisy tower of Babel. And then the walls fell conversation between Bitcoiners that either no lightning or don't. Right. I mean, even me, even like at our meetup, I was even trying to talk. I have a certain level of knowledge over lightning, but then like I talked to Vic and he's on another level. Right. I talked to Evan Kalutis. He's on a, to- a totally another level. Right. Yeah. And um, that's an Evans in a whole nother situation right now. If you guys <laughs> now, now like you have like the, you have the not you have like the good guys all beefing. Right. Evan Mut- Mutiny is not sending zaps to Zeus users mm-hmm. um, like you, you know, the quote unquote good guys are beefing with each other right now because they're they're standard bearers and they're trying, you know, it's. Dude, it's so goddamn early. It's just, I can only imagine this is what it was like in 2011, you know, um, with Bitcoin, which didn't know. But I would say that people understood Bitcoin. 
enough that when the fork wars came, right, and the big guys decided to make their move, the Bitcoiners understood technically, you know, you have to have a really good understanding of Bitcoin technically to have conviction in, in you know, in a hard fork, right? Yeah, I, Pretty, I didn't understand Bitcoin enough technically during the fork wars to to have an opinion like I was I stepped back and watched it and really watching what happened is really what educated me a lot on how Bitcoin operates on a base layer but yeah, it was incredible to watch but yeah, like there's you have some you're good sir it's just like the shortage of people that are willing to have an opinion when they don't understand the base of what they have the opinion about it's, it's just very easy to, to pair it back with something somebody else says well because so I think what's happening in light I think what's happening in lightning part of it is technical it's just Part of it is who gets funding for what, but there, mm-hmm. um, the the level of knowledge in Lightning is in, is in such the minority, right? That I would believe if a similar fork war type situation were to occur again, I think we'd probably lose. <laughs> but then again, maybe that's why layer two is it's you know it's fine. Maybe it's not. It's not an all or nothing. Like at the base layer, it's all or nothing, right? The yeah. consensus mechanism is all or nothing. But on the layer two, it's more modular and optional. And it, so it's all experimental. I mean, it's, in, it's entirely possible that what's coming with Taproot could completely invalidate all of what's happening with Lightning and it just ossifies and essentially people stop using it. Like all of this could, all of this could be replaced by like some of the agree. stuff I've heard like proposed with, yeah, the. But, the reality we live in right now is that the only hope heaven isn't listening to this. But like, I think in the public eye, the only real version of lightning that really works the way we're sold the dream is is custodial. I hate to say that, right? But I think that's the only ah. version where we walk around. We can you know, we can truly. You can get a noob to download a wallet. Of course, it won't be wallet of Satoshi anymore. But you can get any noob to download a wallet. Right. And then you can just pay anyone in Lightning that dream that we talk about and say, oh, the future is here. The truth of the matter is it's only really here for custodial. That, that's, not to, that's not to say there aren't non-custodial solutions. Right. It's right? just yeah, yeah. managing opening channels I, and managing like the balance of channels is complicated. And it's a lot to wrap your mind around. So you, a custo- I fully agree. Like a custodial option for Lightning is currently is like yeah they're the best options for a lot of new users it shouldn't be all of it shouldn't be your the entirety of your bitcoin stack but a custodian like i was using wallet of satoshi like as my billfold for quite a while it it was so so damn convenient i had my like my cold storage and then my node and then above that like okay well i will use my node with i opened a channel to wallet of satoshi from my personal node and then i could fund my wallet of satoshi billfold wallet like for going out around in the world with my own private channel from my node for zero fees. But like, that's yeah. not like, it's, so it's like, that's an option that people is capable. If you know, technically how to do it, you can be fully self sovereign, but lonely I mean, pumpkins, lonely pumpkins has a great, has a great analogy for this, where he talks about when he goes to the beach, you know, sometimes, you know, he doesn't have any pockets and he doesn't want to bring his wallet, but he'll stick a, he'll stick a $20 bill, you know, in his waistband. And if he loses it, he loses it. Right. But he right. wants to be able to buy a slut, you know, whatever, a slushy or <laughs> whatever, right? I mean, and that's mm-hmm. a really good analogy. And I think the one I gave on our Telegram was like, custodial is a great ac- accessory, but you definitely don't want it to be your own. You, you want it to be built off of a foundation of sovereign Bitcoin 
and Sovereign Lightning. And then Custodial is a great accessory, right? Like a bow tie, right? It's nice to have a nice bow tie, but if you're the guy that's all about fucking bow ties, you're fucked, <laughs> right? <laughs> Last year, when my family visited El Salvador, I mean, my intention was to pay for everything with Bitcoin and Lightning as much as I could. Um, that ended, we ended up not making, we, like we paid for a few things with 30 fiat, but um, like being down there, like, so my node was back here in the States, plugged in and online, and we were in another country and I was trying to um, operate remotely off of my node. And pretty quickly, I mean, it's not, it's much it, like the options of using a custodial solution to make a payment and like it to settle instantly. It's, it's not comparable to use like connecting back to my node over Tor to tr to make a payment and the w wait for my node to route it and then wait for it to communicate the success or failure. It's just, it's like, it's right. not, it, it is technically possible to do these things, to, to be sovereign and operate sovereignly on lightning. But you're like what you said, like, the dream that what what we sell as the uh, like the dream of lightning the possibility of living on lightning like that right now that's operating on a custodial layer and there's nothing wrong with that in my opinion no but i think the world has made it it's only like the world has become bowtie guy or you know sock guy you know sock guy the guy that's all about his socks and like mm. doesn't care but like you know custodial lightning cannot be the the only part of the model but of i think that's not, how the yeah. But I think when you think about who's getting funding for the most part, it's custodial. And I think just sovereign, the sovereign dream of lightning is farther, is further out. Um, you know, we have infighting now over the few people who are actually trying to do it. Um, and one thing I'll actually also say is I'll recommend the paper that just got put out by Axiom Capital. And it's a paper by Eric Yates called Banks Without Bankers. Um, it's a good paper. Bitcoin Audible has one and there's a, it's a great guy's take. And when I say a great guy's take, Guy Swan, he barely even talks about the paper. <laughs> he really, he really gives you an experienced Bitcoiners like, like view where something really opened up for him. And he explains it to us in his take of this paper. And it, like, I think we all look at lightning the way big blockers looked at Bitcoin just as the same way, like it's the, it's gotta be a payment mechanism and that's all it is. And when we look at it that small, it's like, okay, custodial or non-custodial custodial is the only one that really works well. And that's going to, it's scalable and blah, blah, blah. But what this paper banks without bankers, just think about, look, listen to that title banks without bankers. That is an entire, that is like an orthogonal concept to, and it's, it's Eric Yake saying that there's a much bigger world going on in layer two than just paying for a pack of gum, guys. Yeah. Like, I, I, I have wondered, like, I'm trying to project the future. Well, not project the future, but imagine the future of, like, okay, right now, like, on fiat, a credit card is, what, like, a, like seven layers above base money? It's, like, seven or eight layers, something like that? Um, but, like, so could we get that deep, like... Assuming, like, a civilization keeps going, we don't, we don't wipe ourselves out, plus a thousand years... How many layers above Bitcoin? So, like, so you you have Bitcoin for base layer, like you can do a transaction every ten minutes. But then there's like Lightning. Assuming I don't think Lightning is going to be the solution long term, but assume something like Lightning, where it's like instant settlement. It's like, could you get so above Lightning? What what do we have there? Like a layer three now It's kind of like, I mean, Fountain and podcast. I think of Strike. I think of Strike like that, right? They're a layer three. That's how I think of it. I mean, I, 
they probably don't talk about, they don't think of themselves like that. But I think of Strike, a company like that, as like, you know, they're built on, everything they do is on top of Lightning. Right. Okay. Right. Not maybe not the exchange, but maybe the, the moving, the way, the parts of their business that's moving money around is all built on top of all of the functionality they provide, remittances. So, yeah, so that's all stable coins and, uh, and lightning. Well, who knows? It's like, yeah, who knows what they're doing under the hood? You don't even realize it, but it's, right? It's using lightning plus other things. Yeah. Um, what I wanted to make, what I wanted to mention too, um, I, lo- I, have a, I love the custodial solution I use for lightning called Albi. Um, it's web-based. It um, it'll be an extent can be an extension on your browser. And, I've uh, messed around with them. I, I haven't. Like, I set it up once, and then I don't think I messed around with it that much. If you use Noster, it can like you basically give Albi your NSEC, and then it'll log you in to every Noster application. Oh, so it can act like as a password manager, kind of. So that you don't, yeah, exactly. Okay. So you don't have to type, you don't have to paste your NSEC into ten different Nostra applications. And so I know most of you guys don't even use Nostra. You're like, who gives a fuck? What is that? But like, on top of Nostra, you have applications like Abla, which is a, like a if you want to write a blog that automatically posts to Nostra. If you want to read, you know, you want to log, you you want to be logged in as your as your Nostra ID. Right. Yeah. There are several applications being built on Noster, and you and you know you want to even the the browsers you want to just log in to be able to zap, right? And Albi just autom- does that automatically. And the thing, the other thing I'll say about this whole wallet of Satoshi situation, right? We we're not we're not a news podcast, but it did happen two days ago, right? Wallet Satoshi stopped offering their service on the on the Apple Google platforms right um in the united states in the united states right so you know a lot of people again root cause attribution right is like what's the problem with wallace satoshi isn't that they're custodial necessarily although for the people who do get rugged and they there will be people who get rugged right it'll definitely be problematic right mm-hmm. um i think the problem with wallace satoshi was it just got too fucking big right i don't they, think uh, a, i mean yeah, anyone like, i don't think necessarily think it's a problem i i think they're definitely ahead uh, they're getting ahead of what they see as clear legislation coming in the states yeah but they did it i think in a terrible way right at least you know say what you want about swan right i think that they have i think that they had a totally cucked reaction to the FinCEN legislation, right? I didn't. I didn't particularly like it, but at least they like put out an announcement to their customers bef- well in advance. And you know what? If you don't like it, you guys could just take your money elsewhere, right? Yeah, right. They didn't, Free they didn't. They didn't just. They didn't just pack up overnight and leave everyone in the lurch. Mm-hmm. Okay, and you know, in this world. It's almost. I, it's like a game over if you do that, right? If you do that to your customers in this, well, I don't the think world they've necessarily packed up. Like, I mean, I I still have as of right now. I mean, I'm I'm opening wallet. Yeah, it's it's still functioning for me. I'm able to send understand. and receive. Understand, so. but like you know, think about how many people have been orange pilled in the last 
let's say three months by downloading Wallace Satoshi and then getting you know fifty thousand sats because somebody paid for their dinner. Right. Right. Nobody's no, nobody's reaching out to these people, telling them, "Hey, don't do a software update on your phone. Whatever you do, make sure you always, you know, because you don't know how long you're going to have access to this app. Yeah, you don't, you know, people like you know, just get your money off there now, right? These people, that th- you know, they've been told that that's going to be life changing money in a few years, and just don't worry about it. So I do think that this whole. I think the way they packed up and let, I do think they left people in the lurch. They well, didn't I think even, it, it will they, be telling how they handle those people in years coming. Like if you don't, like what happened to like the man in the coma with, with a, a wallet of Satoshi account look, on his phone? I, th- I think it's reasonable adverse to be adversarial to a company that just did this and to say they're going to convince themselves legally that they have to seize, the, they have to seize the sets. They won't right. have a legal, I mean, they're not going to have a legal option. Yeah. You know, so that's my base case already. And I think that should be people's base case. By the way, if you have Wallet of Satoshi and you have sats on them, get them the fuck off now. It's uh, not not bad advice. Yeah, I'm, you know, I, if you're not an OG like business cat. I'm dude, thinking about like the people yeah. that I've worn. I, I don't think that I've, I've ever used Wallet of Satoshi as my primary driver for like onboarding somebody. I, I still use Moon Wallet like as my primary, which you, like Moon Wallet. Same here. Like, they're not like they have a non-standard backup. So I mean, even that like there's you, like you could get nit nitty like nitpicky and be like that's not the best one for like there's better options now. But I, mean, yeah, like, I, I, I worry about it now. Like I have to say, my um, my daughter, I've been like reimbursing her in Sats like for things that she pays for. Right. Beautiful. And um, she has Moon, and you know she's like a schmuck about the backup. I think I have the backup. Right. But like. It's getting to a point where I'm getting worried about it. Yeah. Um, we took a trip to the Dutch Meadows farm store and spent a lot of money on some meat and some tallow and, you know, this great farm store. If you're in central PA, you should check that, check out their store. It's great. Um, and they couldn't, they couldn't take my Apple pay. So I needed my huh. daughter. To, I needed my daughter to use her debit card. You know, I'm like, but it was like, this was like several hundred dollars, right? Yeah. So now we're really starting to get her some some Satoshis that are going to, it's going to hurt if you can't, you know, if you do a software update in your phone and you can't open Moon again and you have oh, to. Oh, it's scary. Get, yeah. I've had to do it. Like I had to do it for my wife and I successfully, you know, it's probably a good test for anyone using Moon just to take it off your phone and re-back it up. Yeah. You know, re- restore it using a backup just like you would any other Bitcoin device, right? It's happened to me before, key. like uh, Blockstream Green, uh, they they changed like the wallet derivation path a while back. And it just anybody who wasn't paying attention, like my brother, uh, who was using it, all of a sudden it just looked like it was empty and your Bitcoin's gone. So I've, I refuse to use Blockstream Green. Um, I had a problem. They were crashing my computer. I was getting good service from the Telegram, but then they're like, sorry, we just can't help you. And they, they really weren't, you know, they, they just... They couldn't help me. So, but here's the thing: you can, if you have a jade, you can use Sparrow, and you don't, have, you don't have to use Blockstream Green, mm, right? Okay. You use Sparrow with an ele- either with an Electrum server or your own node, and you know you don't need to use their software. Um, but yeah, like these, any of these, anything that's not Sparrow to an air gap device, you're going to be relying on somebody to interpret what the value of your Bitcoin is. And Moon, 
it's a hundred X that, right? Because of their non-standard backup and your trust, you, God knows what you're trusting. If I'm on Phoenix, I can see the nodes that I'm actually connected to, right? Phoenix is a legit node that's connected to a bunch of other nodes and yeah. you can see them. Mm-hmm. That's like uh, running Zeus, an electrum like client. Yeah, that's right. Um, so, you know, I guess this is all, this is all to say like lightning, my, my wish for people is to be optimistic in it and don't get sucked down by what looks like, um, it just looks like it looks hard because it's hard to build, you know? And so like even the, the guys like Evan who spend 120 hours a week building his company, right? Only really to be to be to get into beefing with like mutiny wallet. It's like really disheartening to see that shit. And I want to be, I just want to be optimistic. I can't. I hope like I hope Evan comes to my meetup uh, next December twentieth, Phoenixville meetup. Shout out guys. But like to find out the real story, you know what's going on there. But. Yeah, the I, fact is, we have people building, but they're so like they're so early days. I think it's it's, so, it's evidence of like the, the how much we're still in the bear market of like the people are still fighting over like little nuanced things like this. It's like the I mean nuanced things like this in in Bitcoin sovereignty is the end all be all. So like I can I get why people get hung up on the sovereignty issue of Lightning because it's just it's essentially it's a it's a religious item for some people. It's like no, it's it's either sovereign or no go. It's either open source or no go. And for some people, but, that's just going to be where they where they draw the line. But um, it's also like lightning is so early that yeah. in order to solve one problem, you open up denial of service attack, let's say, on another problem. And that's part – like without getting technically into what is going on, that is part of what's happening. And so you have the, you have the sovereign lightning. You have people like Mac. Basically, Evan put the solution out for that problem he was having with Zeus. And then Mac Corrala like tweeted like – Nobody send, nobody do this. And this is a, he literally called it an attack on the network. And, you know, everyone's like, what the fuck, dude? Like, I'm actually trying to solve a problem. Maybe you could solve a problem, you know? And so this is that, that lightning is so early and people are so don't like understand the basic technical aspects of it that it just, it's like there's still the denial of service attacks are still like a real potential problem. And you, you know, the, the tra- that that's still a big trade-off. Um, and, you know, you, I don't know if you guys, I don't know if you play poker. Business guy, were you a poker guy at all? I, I'm not, sup- not super frequently now. Okay. I was a big poker guy. Before Bitcoin existed, I was definitely caught up in the poker craze. It was a big rabbit hole. Probably read about 12 or 13 books. <laughs> and used to, um, used to be on the 2 plus 2 poker forum. And... Um, there's this concept in poker called monsters under the bed syndrome. And it's when you can like, you know, you have a really, really strong hand, but somehow you're convinced that your opponent has you beat. Right. Right. It's like more, more money is lost in the game of, in the, in in the game of risk, we'll just say in risk games by that concept. And they call it's, you know, referred to on message boards as mubs, M U B S monsters under the bed syndrome. It's self, so self defeat. When you defeat yourself, you talk yourself out of it. Yeah, and look in lightning. Like in order to get anything functional, 
you are going to have to basically immediately trade off the ability of a denial of service attack. And we like we like having things that are totally immune, future-proofed. But Lightning is going to have to emerge a lot, right, before it's all figured out. And I just people need to be patient, maybe not so dogmatic, right, about the purism. Like, I mean, right? in the early so days of... In the early days of Lightning, whenever it was being scaled up, like the hashtag on Twitter was uh, was hashtag reckless because I mean it was acknowledged that it was you are putting your sats on the line whenever you lock them up in these multisigs, and it's quite possible that you'll never get them back. And it's like a lot of people, myself included, have I mean feel like I felt like we've grown. Lightning has grown out of that, and Lightning is like we're now at a more stable, and it's not necessarily as hashtag reckless as it used to be. But I mean. It seems and we're still in the reckless but days. The, the I mean, problem it is quite seems. You know what the problem is? It's the same problem. My biggest What's that? So again, I'm going to refer to last week's podcast. My last week's podcast. I really learned something from my conversation with you. And the big one was that you may have the illusion that your shit works and you may have the illusion like that you are you have a moral code, right? Mm-hmm. But if that is dependent on say the government to enforce, right? then you don't have morals because you could be bought and immediately you can, your position can be bought. Yeah. Right. And in lightning similar, like if you, we live under this illusion that the whole thing works in its scale, but it's only in this one very small window of custodial model that it works this way. Right. Mm-hmm. That it, it can fall apart really quickly. Right. And I don't want people to throw the baby out with the bathwater and say, oh, I know what the reason for this was. It's custodial. No, it's just hard to build. It's easier to destroy than it is to build. And if you've built this, if you built your whole foundation of what Lightning should be like on sort of this house of cards of a single custodial model, right? Custodial as a singularity, which is really the illusion we all have because it's so disproportionately funded and it's just the easiest and it's what people use, right? Then it can fall apart very quick and start looking like it doesn't work. Uh, Lightning is one of the most optimistic things in the world. And it's one of the things that gives me, I love about Bitcoin so much. I I loved it so much. I want to study it. I want to know how it works. And um, it's, you know, it's early. And I just, I know people don't have the patience to learn the technicalities of it. So I would say if you're going to be trusting in that way, trust me when I say it's early and this is the place to be optimistic. And it's one of the reasons why we're going to win. You wired me awake and hit me with a hand of broken nails. You tied my lead and pulled my chain to watch my blood begin to boil. But I'm going to break. I'm going to break my, going to break my rusty cage and run. I'm going to break. I'm going to break my, going to break my rusty cage and run. Too cold to start a fire, I'm burning diesel, burning dinosaur bones. I'll take the river down to still water and ride a pack of dogs. I'm gonna break, 
empty cage and run I'm gonna break I'm gonna break my Gonna break my rusty cage And run When the forest burns along the road Like God's eyes in my headlights When the dogs are looking for their bones And it's raining ice picks on your steel shore I'm gonna break I'm gonna break my I'm gonna break my rusty cage and run I'm gonna break, I'm gonna break my, gonna break my rusty cage and run. I'm gonna break, I'm gonna break my, gonna break my rusty cage and run. <laughs> 